Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. advice from old pro turkey hunters like this the turkeys typically don't like i think more times than not to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning especially after he gets up it's a blinding thing it, it it's just like you it's hard for you to see into the sun mm-hmm. so if i have a choice i'm going to try to make it so that i'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterfly turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 420, Dose, another Pine Hills turkey hunt. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is feeling foxy. And I'm your co-host. And the guy who manufactured his own sausage. Well, I'm almost afraid to ask. <laughs> it's but a I'm normal going to ask. <laughs> No coyote. So, what, Cameron, are you speaking of? I made some duck breakfast sausage this morning, and it turned out pretty darn good. What all besides duck goes into a duck breakfast sausage? So, I was going to put half duck half bacon as the fat but the way i clean my ducks now i pluck the whole breast off and then breast them where you get both breasts and all the skin and fat layer and so they were still skin on you know still had the fat on them so i did like one third bacon to two thirds duck so it was two and a half pounds of duck to a pound and a half bacon skin on duck and then added some three jalapenos 
some nutmeg, some white pepper, some salt, some allspice, a little dry milk powder. It was it was a concoction. Anyway, it turned out really good. It was I put the jalapenos in there because I like stuff a little spicy. Audrey said it was too spicy for her, but yeah. I thought it was really good. She she said it was just a little too spicy for a breakfast. You know, she didn't want anything hot for breakfast. Yeah, but. I I really enjoyed it. It was it was actually pretty darn good. So and it, it used a lot of duck meat, which is nice, and gave me a way to eat wild game with my breakfast, which is something I've been after for a while. Yeah. So I I'll have duck sausage again tomorrow, and I think I made thirty sausage patties. Got them in the freezer, except for the next two days worth. Nice. So I'm excited about that, and it's just a good way to you know. We've had a pretty darn good duck season the first three days we've gone, so I have a feeling I'm going to have plenty of duck meat this year. <laughs> well, that's good. You've, yeah, it's, you've I got guess a few it's recipes good. that you like with it, so you'll use it's it. It's good, but you only got two two and a quarter people eating it. it it's kind of hard to catch up with them. Yeah. So we, we've been eating a bunch of it, but I've um, got the breakfast sausage going, and I have a feeling I know why you are feeling foxy. Yeah, man. I slayed another one. You are on a, a fox killing streak this year. I I don't think I've ever even like seen more than two foxes in my life, and you've killed what three this year? I have never killed a fox before the year twenty twenty two, and I've wow. killed three this year. And called impressive. in another one. So Saturday morning it was drizzling rain off and on, and I got to that point to where I was watching radar more than I was watching the the clear cut that I was sitting in. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I probably have about 20 minutes before the bottom drops out and I get just completely drenched, which means I've got about 15 minutes to run a predator call and five minutes to get my rear end into the pickup truck because I'm not going to sit out on a deer stand in the pouring rain. Yeah. The 22-year-old me would have done it. The 52-year-old me has killed enough deer to where he does not care to do it. So I pulled the predator call out, crank that thing on rabbit, and just let it well. So I'm yep. sitting there, and after about, I'd say, six or seven minutes of that thing screaming, I hear, Ugh! and I thought, it was off in the distance pretty good ways, and I thought, man, that's a deer blowing. I wonder what that deer is blowing at. <laughs> it's weird. Sounds like a deer blowing, but it doesn't sound like a deer blowing all at the same time. Uh, it was closer. I said, that is definitely not a deer blowing. What is that? Uh, that's something barking, but it's not a coyote. <laughs> well, that's something coming to this predator call. So I turn around and I look, and I about five or six seconds later, maybe ten seconds later, I see something coming through the woods. Just from the size of it, I knew it was a fox. Like, man, that's a fox making that noise. And then I, I hear it again. Ugh! And it stops, and it starts looking kind of at my 2.30, 2, 2.33 o'clock. So yeah. I knew it wasn't looking at me or in the direction of the call. And I look over in that same direction that the fox is looking, and I see a fox come running up to this one, to the first one. So there are two foxes. And wow. I guess, you know, he was barking at the other one to get them to to come up and hunt together and so when they got together they walked off and a little bit away from me and just stopped and were standing in a bunch of thick stuff and i thought man i i can't even really distinguish what is a fox in the scope right now i'm not going to shoot they sat there for probably, I don't know, two, three, maybe four minutes. It seemed like about an hour and a half, like when a turkey's standing behind a tree. 
And yeah. so I just eased down, got my remote for the predator collar, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm about to use a tip that I picked up from Jeff Nemnick. And so I get that remote, and I'm scrolling through the sounds, and I find the screaming gray fox. All right. Press send to send it to the collar, and that thing starts I mean, I, it is a screaming gray fox. <laughs> it is screaming. And so I put the remote, just ease down. I put the remote back down and I look over in that same area where I last saw the foxes and I see them move a little bit. And then one of them, that screaming fox sound had been playing maybe 15, 20 seconds. And one of them broke and started running towards me, got about 20 yards as he was running behind got behind a tree i threw the gun up got the scope up and he stopped and he was facing and that was the last thing that he ever saw was when he turned and looked up at me in that tripod stand out in that clear cut wow so that is cool yeah that was that was real neat and i tried to let it well i didn't try i let it run some more the screaming gray fox thinking the other one might come but i guess it's just too loud shooting a (laughs) unsuppressed rifle in the direction of another fox so Anyway, yeah, he probably wised up pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was cloudy and raining, but it was that wasn't thunder. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. lightning that struck his buddy. Even if it was thunder, he was probably like, oh, "I'm gonna get the heck out of here. It's a yeah. little loud." Yeah. So that was neat, man. I I've never heard a fox bark, and then when I put, you know, just having that screaming gray fox run, and that that's what it took. Wow, that is yeah. cool. That I'm glad Jeff. Nimnich clued you in on that one. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. You know, just I've never tried mixing up the sounds, the calls from the the Fox Pro when I'm predator hunting. But yeah, it makes perfectly good sense. You know, like what he was saying, you, you run that rabbit for 10 minutes and then throw some coyote pup howls or, you know, a coyote pup fight on and it sounds kind of like some pups come in and killed the rabbit and, you know, kind of fighting, you know, playing around the, over the kill. And so, yeah. you know, a lot of times that'll be what takes to make a coyote break and come in. And so that's kind of what made me think to change that call up after those foxes hung up. But, you know, just being able to see them hang up out there was kind of cool. So, yeah, that is that is pretty neat. It was that, a it was a heck of a hunt and a good time. That, that place has got quite a few foxes on to kill three and you know there's one more out there yeah yeah. foxes might i would assume that's a species there's a lot more of that we don't know about yeah yeah i think so they're just so nocturnal nocturnal. yeah Yeah. probably like the possums that are all over the freaking place here that i had no idea were here (laughs) yeah no doubt less of them today than there were but how long we have to turkey season when, when we're breaking out a different gun and a different call we are 107 days, 9 hours, 28 minutes, and 6 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season, Alabama. Yeah, we're getting close to the double digits. I mean, real close. Yep. That's awesome. I got 130 days till we're opening up here in the home state, but you and I will be hunting a little earlier than both of those, so that'll be nice. Yeah. Heck yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to today's show because we've got another hunt to share. Yeah, we got a really cool hunt here. I mean, I've I've heard this story fully when it happened because I was imp- I was impressed with how quickly things went well in this particular region of the United States for you and our good buddy Scott McDonald. Well, 
and I am particularly impressed with how quiet Scott McDonald has been for the first, oh, <laughs> what, 10 minutes of this conversation, because he's actually on the line with us. We don't even have to clip in new audio. So, Scott, are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> All right. How's it going? Oh, I can't complain, other than it's first of December, and it's 80 degrees over here. <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect deer hunting weather. Oh, yeah, definitely. Go out in your <laughs> your shorts and short sleeve shirt and just douse yourself in off. That's a fact. The, 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 gnats, the gnats are like they usually are in the spring right now. They are absolutely horrible. Oh, man. Oh, I haven't had that issue here yet. It probably will come soon. It's It was about 71, 72 today. I think it's supposed to be close to 80 in a couple of days. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll be out and be pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. Turkeys may be gobbling, though. So. <laughs> hey, that's true. <laughs> they'll be gobbled out. You hear it on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, that is... My- that is also true. My part of the world is quickly filling up for the waterfowl, and very yeah, much is. so with the water right now. We are getting a deluge for about four days. Yeah. So we will have plenty of surface area to hunt waterfowl on starting Friday. <laughs> yeah, not not exactly what you need. but <laughs> No, they, they will have plenty of places to land, and we'll have plenty of places to hunt them, but it definitely spreads them out a bit, but that's okay. We needed the rain just probably not what we're about to get yeah yep yep one extreme to the other good deal well we got a hunt share scott yeah y'all get going i'll be i'll be listening (laughs) (laughs) well let me let me lay this thing out and so gosh i guess it was what probably about this time last year you and i were talking and mentioned putting in for a a draw hunt in a state and it was going to be me and you and Yankee John and Chip, but... Yeah, I was, I was actually looking forward to getting to meet them. Yeah, well, for whatever reason, they didn't put in. <laughs> and... That sounds like a very Yankee John and Chip thing to do, to be honest. It is. It totally is. Totally is. <laughs> and just with a little stroke of good luck, Scott and I drew. And so, you know, we... we Felt like we had drawn for a pretty good place and just started immediately doing some scouting on Onyx. He and I both did. And, you know, that comes into play a little bit later in the hunt. So, man, just like everything else, you know, we plan these trips. It doesn't seem like they're ever going to get here. But, you know, these a lot of these draw hunts you, you put in just a few months before you actually go and hunt, whereas a lot of these other trips out of state we plan for, you know, 11, 12, sometimes 24 months in advance. So those really seem like they take forever to get here. But we, Scott did some scouting online. I did some scouting online. And we didn't share any spots up until, what, the day before the hunt? Yeah, the, when you got there that afternoon, you actually put boots on the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I broke away pretty early on Friday morning. The hunt started on Saturday and wanted to get down there and do some scouting. And so I rolled into the to the camp area and set up camp and then quickly jumped out in the truck and drove around and start checking some of the spots that I had marked on the map. So what I discovered in my scouting with boots on the ground is that this place was thick it 
was not like typical, you know, what I had envisioned in my mind as far as, you know, what this public ground was going to look like. Well, I actually got some intel from a guy. I called and reached out to him, and he actually called me back, and we talked. He explained it to be, like, big pine plantation in some areas, you know, a lot of burns and real open creek bottoms, like hardwood, you know, Mm -hmm. creek bottoms. So that's kind of what we had discussed as far as, you know, what the the land layout should have been like. Yeah, well, it wasn't that way. And I'd been warned— by someone who knows the area quite well that it was thick but <laughs> it's you know that's one of those things that we talk about on the show a lot you know people will, you run across somebody on these trips out of state and they you ask them a question would well, you see any turkeys i see turkeys all the time over in joe blows field all the time how when was the last time you saw them january you know or oh that place is covered up in turkeys well if you just go with that you think literally you're going to be stumbling on turkeys when you go in there so you see turkeys over there a lot of turkeys over there all the time how many turkeys do you typically see when you see turkeys two three (laughs) you know so when somebody tells me a, a place is thick i mean okay what what exactly does that mean well i found out as soon as i put boots on the ground that place thick (laughs) it's in a lot of places is so thick that you don't even want to walk through it and so anyway i'm i'm going and i'm checking these spots that on on x look really good but then when you get your eyeballs on it you're thinking there's no way there's going to be a turkey in this so in the six or eight hours that I had to scout before dark. I saw quite a few places that I had marked on the map that that I thought looked good. I, you know, got my eyeballs on them, and I had even found a couple of gobbler tracks in some areas, in a couple of areas. Uh-huh. So that night, I checked in with Scott and said, "Hey, man, when are you? When do you think you're going to be down?" And he says to me, "I don't think I'm going to be there until daylight." Well, that caused yeah, me a little bit of concern. I was in the middle of an outage, you know, working, so I was going to have to leave. Uh, my my plan was to leave around 2 to give me a little bit of a buffer, but I wound up getting a call and had to actually go down on site and do some work and didn't get to leave until about 3.30, which put me in a real bind. Yeah. You had a, what was it, about three-and-a-half, four-hour drive? About that. Uh, uh, yeah, if you drive normal, that's what it should have been, but... <laughs> <laughs> you slightly you make up a lot of yeah. You make up a lot of time as long as there ain't any highway patrols around. Yeah. So that's when I lay down to go to bed. That's my thought. Scott's gonna be getting there, you know, a little bit before daylight. Well, at some point during the middle of the night, he texted me and said, "Hey, I actually am having to work, and you know, I, I'm I hope to make it before daylight. Send me some spots that you think I need to go check." So I sent him, I don't know, what was it, Scott, about four places? Yeah, about four. And, you know, some some spots that I didn't spend a whole lot of time in, but laid eyeballs on and said, you know, these are, are areas that I think are good. And then I went to a completely different area than the four spots that I sent him. And the four spots I sent him were kind of spread out. They weren't concentrated in one, you know, one, say, 
thousand acre block or anything like that. So it gets to be, gosh, two hours before daylight. I think the dude in the tent next to me at the campground had been up about an hour and a half prior to that making coffee and stomping around in his tent. So I figure, well, I may as well just get dressed and go on out. So I I did that. I went to my spot and I think I actually called you at that point when I was on my way out because you were, you were driving in and, you know, I think I sent you the yeah. pin of where I was heading. And yeah, you, you sent me your pen. I'm looking at it right now at 4.33 AM. There you go. Yeah. So, (laughs) and I said, where, where do you think you're going to go? And he said, well, there's a place that you dropped a pen and sent me and I dropped a pen on it as well. Yeah. They were like overlapped. And that's where I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell my morning hunt and then I want you to tell yours because mine's real quick. All right. I get out there, and again, it's way before daylight. I find me a good parking spot and park. I'm sitting in the truck, waiting on to get daylight, waiting on to get daylight, waiting on to get close to daylight. I get out, hoot, 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 nothing, and I take off walking. So as I'm walking, I'm getting text messages from Scott. You heard anything? No, I hadn't heard anything. You? And he says, yeah. And I'm going to let you take over from there because really that's all I had in my hunt was at that, that was all you time were was for. living vicariously <laughs> through Scott. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, so yeah, I get that call from you the night before talking about how thick and nasty it was, and you know my heart sank. So it's like great, um, you know, I'm working six days a week. I've literally got to leave work, drive over, I'll hunt the morning, probably pass out at some point during the day hunt the evening the next morning and i gotta go back to work mm-hmm. and i was like and this doesn't sound like it's gonna be a you know a whole lot of fun but it is what it is you know that's the cards we were dealt yep. we'll just see what go you know what happens so yeah like i said i i, I left late so i i rolled in on two wheels that's <laughs> to that to that, that access road and it was already breaking daylight and it was it was cool that morning. It was it was weird because it was clear, but it would miss rain every now and then. So it was kind of a, you know, it was breaks in the clouds, but it was also kind of rainy, misty, nasty, which made it even better. And the wind was blowing pretty good. And uh, I thought for sure you know, it was going to be somebody on this access road. There's no way that yeah. where this access road was, there's no way there's not going to be somebody on it. And I'm just going to have to go somewhere else. Yep. And uh, I eased in about almost a third of the way down. I didn't see anybody. I got out, hooted a couple of times. I mean, it's already, you know, breaking day pretty good. Uh, didn't hear anything. And I said, I'm going to go, you know, it looks like till the end of it, you know, a little ways more. I'm going to go on to the end of it and see if anybody's here. That way I'll know what I got, you know, what kind of game plan I can get. And uh, as I'm driving, I see some, uh, you know, the sand in the road. I get out and just look, and there's no tire tracks in it, just raindrops. And I was like, there's nobody in here, you know. So I I get to the end of the road. It's a bunching ground, you know, off to one side of it. And it's, it's select cut pines that's, what are they, 25 years old maybe? Yeah. If that? Yeah, maybe, maybe. not that. You know, maybe not that. They may be 20s. And, uh, you know, but they've been thinned. So you've got strips of where, you know, they've cut pines. And it's thick. I'm talking about you can't see in it thick. It's nasty. Nothing but, yeah, just sage and briars and everything else, privet hedge. And uh, 
So I get out of my truck and I'm just, I'm getting my vest on everything else and looking at my map trying to, you know, I see a creek bottom I want to go walk and uh, I hear a turkey gobble, like way off, but it was a turkey gobble and it was a whole attitude right then. It was like <laughs> at the snap of a finger, my whole attitude changed. It's like, holy cow, I just heard a turkey. This is a win. You know, if I don't even kill one, this this trip's a win. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Because arguably one of the hardest states probably to find a turkey in, much less kill one, I think. Yeah. So, you know, now I'm a little bit more frantic throwing all my stuff on and I get out and I hear it again. I'm like, dang, that's, you know, definitely a bird. And I had just got a pair of Tetra, the custom shields in. And I was like, this is as good a time as any to try these rascals. I'm fixing to see if, you know, if I can hear him better. Mm-hmm. So I put those in and... I hear him gobble. Well, I'm like, dang, that that sounded close, but I mean, he was way off a while ago. So I I wasn't real sure, and I I still I want to trust them, but I can't trust them. You know what I mean? If if somebody's yeah. with me, I may trust them. If they're if they're on the gun, then I may put a little more trust in them. But you know, I don't want to cost myself a bird. You know, messing with that. But they do work. But uh, so. <laughs> I pulled him out of my ears, and the turkey gobbles, and he's about 150 yards away now. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that joker's running straight at me. So I ran straight off into the, I call them woods. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, I, just, I, I call them woods. You jumped in the briars. I, did, I made it 40 yards from my truck, and I couldn't go no further. It was a wall. And I, I sat down, and I just laughed. I was like, this is not good. You know? <laughs> so. But the turkey is ripping it now, you know, and I, I made a soft call and he went berserk. He starts gobbling and gobbling and coming and he's coming quick and he gets to 60 yards and it's a wall of briars and privet hedge between me and him. And he stands there and rips it. And I'm, he probably gobbled 20 times, 30 times right there. I mean, just hammering and I can't see nothing. I can't move. Finally, he starts to, to go away from me. I figure he had a hen with him. So where he was headed looked like down one of the, you know, the, the cut pine lanes. And I was like, well, I got to get in front of him because he ain't coming this way because it's too thick. So I crawled on my hands and knees away from him, him steadily gobbling, and rolled off the edge of the hill. And I got up and took off running, ran around the hill. And, well, then I ran into this bunching ground. And it was gosh awful. It, I probably sound like a herd of elephants going off through that thing. I was tripping and cussing and, you know. <laughs> It was bad. And, uh, I finally get on the other side of it, and I was like, there's no way I hadn't just spooked this turkey out of the world. Well, he gobbled. He's still going the same direction up that he was in the beginning. So I just take off running down the opposite side. I'm on one side of the road, the access road. He's on the other side. I run to where I think I should be about 200 yards in front of him. I ease up to the top of the hill. And it's a big old pine tree with privet hedge all around it. And I slide up beside it, and I'm standing there with my gun in both hands, sitting there kind of at the ready. And I'm just scanning, looking, you know, breathing hard and trying to figure out where I need to be to kill this turkey because he's coming this way. And, I mean, I'm not moving. All, you know, all I'm doing is scanning with my eyes because I'm looking straight across the road at a path where they drove the pines out to the, the main the access road to go to the bunching ground. Yeah. And I catch a little flash and it's a blur shoots across that lane. It's about 15, <laughs> maybe 20 foot wide. <laughs> and my brain couldn't send the signal quick enough to my hands to make that gun come up before that turkey had run across that lane. It was gone. <laughs> 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 and I, 
was like, that was that freaking turkey. I was like, there's no way he saw me in this mess. Cause I mean, I was behind a dirt mound by side privet edge and next to a pine tree. Well, he runs out there, you know, 80 yards, he gobbles. 150 yards, he gobbles. He crosses the road, he gobbles. He's off. Well, I t- <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's off to the races. You know, I called him Usain Bolt. I mean, he was gone. And I ran down the hill, set up on a tree, you know, hoping a prayer, called, he gobbled. He was 400 yards. Like, oh, my gosh. Called again, he's 800 yards. Next time he gobbles, I'm barely hearing. <laughs> and I, I was like, well, there was my chance right there, you know. I blew it. But I didn't look. I mean, I didn't. I, you couldn't have hip shot him. I mean, he he was gone. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is this is not good, you know. So I was like, it was pretty cool because I got really close to killing one, like right off the bat. But now it's not looking so good. So yeah. I go back to, go back to my truck. I shuck a bunch of clothes, and I can hear him gobbling on the next hill. Way, I mean, it, it's as faint as you can hear gobble. And it's like he's working the edge. So I look at my map and I see the, the topography of it. And I was like, it's like he's running this rim, you know, and it looked like maybe the pines had been cut. I said, if I can cut him off there, maybe I'll have a chance. Probably won't, but maybe. So I take off on a line going to where I want to go. And literally I had to get on my hands and knees and crawl. And I finally make it to the creek bottom, which I think is going to be great. And it's thicker than the pines are. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I made it. A, I made it a mile from my truck, and I was soaking wet. I'm surprised my clothes wasn't all ripped to shreds. And it, I done quit. The turkey done quit gobbling. I didn't hear him no more. And I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. So I crawled all the way back out of that mess. And that's when I got back to my truck, and I heard him gobble. You know, and I, I pinpointed him. That's when I, I started texting you. Yeah. You know, yeah. to see see if you had done anything. Then I heard a shot, and I thought it was you. I texted you that, and he's like, no, that ain't me. So I was <laughs> like, oh, man. So, you know, come over here. I hear a bird gobbling. He's a runner. It's a chance, you know. We, we'll at least hear one, maybe. So Yeah, so I, I get in the truck. I'm like, man, I'm, according to Onyx and Google Maps, I'm 20 minutes away from you. Well, come on. So yeah, no doubt. I start bugging in that direction, and actually on the way to you, because you'd said that the bird had been gobbling, but it'd been a little while since you heard him. So I wasn't in a. I mean, I I'm in a rush to get to you, but it's not like the woods are on fire and I got to be there to help put them out. So I swing by this area that's about I'd say half a mile from where you are, and it's an area that I that I liked. I had a little private field on it that bordered the public ground and so i pull in over there and i owl call or i I crow call nothing crow call nothing get my turkey call out yelp a little bit on it nothing like all right i'm going to see scott so i boogie on down the road three four five minute drive to get to scott i get to scott and we're standing there talking and he takes me and shows me where the where the turkey darted across that path and he said you know last time i heard him gobble he was so what we crow call or turkey call or something anyway turkey gobbled i'm like let's go so we start off towards this bird and it, it from here on out or at least for the next i'd say 15 20 minutes of the hunt is about a typical hunt with me these days so we get into the woods and we're going to check that turkey cameron to see where he is and yeah blow the crow call and the turkey gobbles and scott says 
Scott points in one direction, and I pointed 180 degrees the other direction. <laughs> and then here comes the discussion. All right, which one of us really hurt him? <laughs> he's this way. No, I'm telling you, he's this way. No, he's. I, I heard him. He's over. No, I, I'm telling you, he's over here. So Scott's being nice and thinks that. Well, he Scott. Scott knows he's right, but he's being nice and and you know starts to doubt himself. I, I guess I did a better sales job than Scott did. We started walking <laughs> a little bit in the direction that that I thought I heard him. We stopped, blow the crow call, and you could tell at that point. You could tell he was where Scott pointed. <laughs> <laughs> so we turn and start in that direction and crow call he gobbles again but we're no closer so no we'd we'd make up 400 yards and then we'd call and then he'd be still 500 yards off yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) get a little bit closer crow call and he's you know he's still he's gobbling but he's still boogieing on we get up on top of this one ridge and i said let's just check him from here make sure we got the direction right and and just really you know when we're up on the ridge, we ought to be able to get a good distance, tell you know how far away he really is. Crow call and that joker gobbles, and he's probably three hundred yards. Away. So in this little in this little bit of woods, it had been you know I, I call it third row, but you know every third or fourth row of pines had been cut, and the pines that were still standing were thick as all get out. But you had pretty good lanes where they'd run the the cutter through there and you could walk oh, yeah. down the lanes where they'd been cutting and you know make up make some tracks and so we start down one of the lanes trying to get you know catch up with this bird and stop and call and man now he's 200 yards out keep on walking stop and call now he's 150 yards away getting a little bit closer a little bit closer a little bit closer we get about gosh what do you think scott 75 yards and we stop and call and that joker gobbles and yeah yeah, that was when we said we need to get set up you know yeah because it was the pines ran into a like a little knoll a hill yeah that had not been that had not been cut and it was just like you know the little pine trees is super thick and you could see little holes in it every so often Mm -hmm. he was on he was on the opposite roll of it yeah and so we're looking around here here are the two stooges looking around trying to find a good spot to set up in this mess that we're standing in and i mean and you had to gamble on which lane if he came to us on which lane he (laughs) would hit because if he didn't hit your lane you wasn't gonna see him you're done yep (laughs) you know how fast he can get across one of those lanes (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep absolutely so well i mean after five minutes of discussion we decided we're just in the wrong spot altogether. And so we were going to kind of semicircle around him. As we're semicircling around him, we get up pretty close to that field uh, that's on yep. private ground that I yep. pulled up next to before I went and met Scott. I mean, we're within 60, 75 yards of that field. He was coming to your call. Yeah, exactly. That's probably what he was doing. He, he was running to my to my call, and I drove over there and stopped. Called him in. You'd already called him in. You just moved. I just left. Yep. So we ease around to this new area, and this looks like a little bit better setup. So Scott finds him a good tree, sits down. He's got some brush behind it, and I walk over maybe seven, eight yards from him and sit down against another tree. And I'm a little bit lower than Scott, and 
I sat there and I thought, I mean, it, I, I hadn't been sitting not even a minute. And I said, this is not a good spot to be. I got to move. So I get up and I just walked right to where Scott was and sat down behind the tree that he's leaning against. And I just kind of tucked myself into an old scrub sapling. So I've got this pine tree kind of in front of me and to my right. Scott's sitting on the opposite side of the pine tree with his left shoulder pointed towards the birds. And the birds are gobbling just over the top of a hill that we can see about three quarters of the way up the top of the hill. And yeah, now mind you know, mind you, we talk about a lane. It's still thick. It's privet yeah. hedge and briars and everything. You know, I'm sitting in a treetop that's fallen next to this tree with a privet hedge in front of me. You know, it's it is not an ideal setup by no means. And you couldn't stand up because even if you stood up, you still couldn't see nothing. Right. You kind of had to sit down and see below all the mess. Yeah, yeah. So we get semi-set up. Scott's, had, Scott's got a pretty good setup, but yeah. I'm I'm tucked away and I'm thinking, you know, this this may not work out to be good for me. So let's play a little bit of the audio from here. I'm not going to play the entire hunt from here because, well... I'll tell you why when we come back, but let's let's run a, a little bit of the audio at this point, and then we'll come back and kind of give them a little tease before the shot. So I'm in. All right, we're ready.
There he is. He's coming, walking towards us. It's about about your nine, uh, probably ten o'clock, coming down the hill. There's two. The other one's right behind him. So we discovered that the turkey that was gobbling was two turkeys, and we've got two shotguns and two tags. Yeah, that works out nicely. Yeah. So it's good math. There's there's a pretty good chance there. And when we sit down and call, the turkeys respond. And they're over the top of the hill. And I kind of think to myself, well, we probably need to get up and get, you know, at least up the side of that hill. But we didn't move. And it was... I'd already seen how fast that joker moves. I, I wanted him to gobble one more time just to spot check him yeah. before we got up and... Yeah, and so call again, and he gobbles, and or they gobble, and they're on top of the hill. Then I think they gobbled on their own coming down the hill. Yeah, they wind up gobbling decent on their own. Yeah. I guess looking for us. Yeah, because once I got eyeballs on them, that was it. I was done calling. Once you could see them, it took me forever to see them. (laughs) So, yeah, they come down the hill, and... They're never, I can't, I can't speak to, to what Scott can see and can't see, but I'll say it this way. There was really never more than a few seconds the entire time that they're in gun range when I could see both birds. Yeah. I never saw both, but one time when they were coming down the hill, you, you said, you know, here they come and I'm sitting there scanning, looking, 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 and I hadn't seen anything. And then finally, I see one, and he would walk up to a set, of, uh, you know, a, a thing of privet and, or briars, and he would stand there, and he'd telescope his head and he'd look, and then he'd walk to the next set of briars or privet, and he'd sit there and look. And he was within 45 yards. Then mm-hmm. I couldn't move to, to even aim at him. You couldn't even see him. And then when he goes out of sight, he he very well could have walked to 20 yards looking for us and we never saw him because it was so thick where he was walking yeah yeah so i have to go back and and look at the time the length of time that you know that we're cutting out audio here but i'm gonna i'm gonna say it was 20 minutes my arm and my leg it felt like two hours (laughs) (laughs) so i was was in a bind (laughs) no that goes so what happened, I think, is the second bird, I'm sorry, the first bird that came off the hill came down to the bottom, didn't see the hen, and maybe thought, well, I, I guess that hen, there's a chance that hen's gone out in that field. I need to just go check it out. So that bird wanders off. We can still see the, the second bird or first bird. Anyway, we still see one of the birds, but the other yeah, bird. The one that stayed on the hill. Yeah, the other bird's just gone. And so, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know what in the world is going on, but Scott might get real mad when I shoot this turkey. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't about to shoot the turkey because he didn't really have a whole lot of care in the world, did he? Uh, he just he just stood up on the side of the hill, just kind of just sat there, kind of. He was yeah. basically let the other one come down and do all the looking. Yeah, so... Let's run the last little bit of audio here, and then we'll come back and and finish the story out. All right. They're moving back up the hill a little bit. Can you see them? 
kan Step behind a little thicket right there. How far do you think he is? 45 yards. Those two double pine trees at your 930. He stepped behind those. Those, tree, those two trees that are back to back. See him now.
Good boy. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You gonna be all right, buddy? Huh? You gonna be all right? No, I'm hurting, but I'm great. <laughs> Is your back? You stay there. You're good. Oh. There you go. <laughs> no, I don't want to, but yeah, he's got a rope. I saw I saw him the longest amount of time. Holy crap. That's freaking awesome. Mine ain't done nothing but quiver. <laughs> Yours is Dude, I'm sorry, but I didn't. Uh uh. No, I mean, I, I didn't see this bird till I shot, because I knew when you shot, and he's, you know, he just he moved his head. You were like, "Do you see him?" And I thought, "I ain't a hundred percent sure, but boom, <laughs> we're gonna find out." See, this bird here stood right here for the longest, and I could have shot him, but I was like, "No, I'm, I'm wait," you know. And then he disappeared on me. I didn't realize he snuck right back here, and then this one snuck off that hill, and that was the last opening I had. That, was it really? That was it. And I was like, I You don't apologize, look, because what was going to happen... I was hoping that would fly up or something. We were going to get none. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to get a double, you end up yeah. getting none. Get great in. <laughs> oh, man. I was wanting to call so bad, but I was like, we will screw it up if we call. Nice <laughs> thing. Oh, my gosh. You smashed him, too. Oh, with the hooks on that sucker. Nice. Look at the color on it. All right. Well, there was a shot, a little bit of a delay, <laughs> and another shot. So, That's a good sign. Scott, you tell your version of the story, and then I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> so what, what happened was... <laughs> now nah, the... The the bird that it came down beside us, eventually he, he went back up the hill and met that other bird and they started back over the hill. And I think both of us it was running through our mind as soon as they get over that hill, we got to move and get at least to the base of the where that hill comes down into the that flat where we were at. And I had ranged it. The flat was just under forty yards and there was a pine tree 
about the only opening you could see that was 55 yards up on the side of the hill. And, you know, and I made my mind up if they ever made it to the bottom, they were killable for sure. Well, when they, they walked back up the hill, you know, it was like, dang, they're, they're leaving, but we believe we could get them to come back. And we sat there for just a second and they made it to the top. They turned around and here they come again. And this time, I believe it was the bird that was so hesitant the first time that stayed up on the hill. He was in the lead this time. And I just remember once I, you were telling me, you know, where he was at. And once I finally locked on to him, I saw him for just a second. He walked past my tree that I'd marked at 40 yards. And I said, he's in range. And he disappeared. And it was one more tiny opening that was the last place I would be able to see that bird. And I felt really bad because I was wanting to see the other bird, you know, but I was like, can't, you just can't let one walk, you know, trying to get greedy and trying to double or whatever, you know. So when he hit that, that last opening, you know, it was three steps and he'd have been in more ticket where I couldn't have seen him. I just made a little soft call. He actually turned towards me and stuck his head up. I don't even remember pulling the trigger, but I just remember the, the flash and the boom and that turkey just wilted and on the shot i just happened to look up the hill just to scan hoping i'd see the other one either pitch up or do something you know maybe try to do the fighting purrs or something like that keep him around and this joker just steps out from behind this privet hedge without a care in the world and he looks like a toad up there steps out and just looks at the bird i just shot and all i remember is say it was shooting shooting <laughs> and you dust rolled him. <laughs> so that's that's almost the truth. <laughs> uh, you know, looking through Scott's eyes and and you know looking through my eyes is just is fun when you have your different perspectives to tell the story from. And you know, of of course, that's exactly what happened. But you know, it's just it's fun. I mean, we're maybe 24 inches apart, 36 inches apart from one another. If that. Yeah, if that. Yeah, and his perspective on this entire breakdown because of the terrain, because of the thickness and the the landscape and everything is, you know, what he can see at any given time is completely different than what I can see. And, you know, it just really, it, it was cool. So those turkeys, Scott, the... The one that was so hesitant to come down the hill is the one that I killed. Okay. And the one that walked away and was gone for so long came back, and, you know, they they were almost together. They started up that hill together, and then the one that I killed stopped, and I really had the area that he stopped marked. But when the bird that you killed was still kind of walking around and turned and and walked down the hill a little bit i'm watching him the closest bird the one you killed and not really paying a whole lot of attention to the one that's still up on the hill and so i'm sitting there and here comes this bird moving at an angle angling towards us left to our right or my left to my right and really just i guess coming right at scott's left shoulder and man, I hear that joker go click and then make that little old soft call. And I thought that SOB <laughs> is about to ruin everything. <laughs> Not really. I was thinking the same thing he was thinking. 
you got two birds, but you got to go home with one. You got to go home That's with fact. one bird. Cannot let the opportunity go by. And so, boom. And it, when he shot and I saw his turkey go down, I saw that turkey up on the hillside step out. And I, and I was just, I mean, I, I was amazed because I was like, Scott, I was expecting to, to turn and, you know, haul butt up the hill and be gone, you know, and for me to have to take a running shot. I wasn't expecting him to take a half a step out from behind a tree and look at, you know, like, what was that? Hey, what happened to Henry? You know, and so I questioned Scott. I'm like, is that him? He goes, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just smoked him. And, you know, mine starts flopping down the hill and I get up and start moving in that direction. And Scott is over on the ground, just dry heaving at this point. So well, now I've course, got two yeah, turkeys I've, I've got to watch and make sure none of them get up and run <laughs> off while he's doing his cer- ceremonial dry heave. In the middle I, I was of the in woods. a bind because the way i was sitting i had one leg kind of tucked up under me it had done went to sleep and then cramped up my arms cramped up because we've been sitting there so long then my back cramped up because of all the excitement you know and i just laid back in the treetop and just had my moment it was it was horrible and i dang near blew my voice out like my (laughs) my my poor old vocal cords took a beating Oh, but it was it was a heck of a hunt. It ended up being an afternoon kill. What was it like? Twelve oh five, I yeah, believe. I was gonna say twelve oh four. So twelve oh four, twelve oh five, right there in that at that time. Wow. And, I mean, I guess it had probably been a couple of hours from the time that you called me until or that I got over there until we killed those birds. Oh yeah. We we had walked a long ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I had figured it up, just kind of. I can't, I can't remember. I think, I think we wound up walking. It was between right at four miles total, and then the turkey on the track he had he had run. It was like six or seven miles total, of the, the what he had covered. You know, just from the goblin and the trying to keep up with him. It, it was cra- it was crazy numbers. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of look at it like you did him a favor because his legs were going to be sore the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't no fat on him. (laughs) (laughs) He was good and lean. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a heck of a day. And then, you know, neither neither Scott nor I are going to brag about anything, but, you know, it's nice going back to the campground when you got birds and, you know, people – the other hunters that are there because it's lunchtime so you know so many hunters came back to to camp to eat or regroup or whatever and you know for them to to come over and and congratulate you and want to hear the story you know is is always a lot of fun and there were quite a few people in that camp that killed birds that morning yeah so yeah there's one guy he had just started we talked to him and he he was on birds but you know, he didn't get one, but he kind of asked us, you know, what he needed to do to better his odds. And, you know, we told him to go hunt a different piece of property. <laughs> hopefully the next day you got him one. But Yeah, yeah. But, man, you know, just to get over there and, and have some success and knowing that that's a tough place to kill birds is, you know, was just, it was huge. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say that 
Scott or I were in control of that because, you know, somebody pointed us in the right direction before daylight to send Scott to that spot and, you know, pointed Scott in that right direction too. Otherwise, you know, we both could have been in a spot like I was in early morning and had nothing yeah. going on. But, you know, I'll, I'll take those those little answered prayers all day long during turkey season, man. No doubt, because it was a, a many a prayer being said as we trekked through that thicket trying to get to the top of that hill. Yeah. <laughs> after, after they started gobbling. So. Yeah, no doubt. So that was that was good, but that was one of those trips to where, as far as hunting goes, it took me longer to drive there than it did to kill a bird. And so, you know, anytime that happens, that's a great day. Yeah, especially yeah. on on that place. You weren't expecting that, I don't think. No. No, no. Like, like I said, when I heard that bird right at daylight, or, you know, when I got there, I, that was a win for me. I'd heard I'd heard a bird in that state. I was yep. content. You know, I was content then. But now when he ran by me, I had a whole different fire lit under my butt. I was <laughs> now you're ready to kill. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fun and all hearing him, but uh, now I'm ready to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He Scott went to the truck and shucked off clothes because he he at that point was dressed too warmly, but he also put on his track shoes. Yeah, yeah that's right. up with that bird. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but man, well, those awesome. those runners, you know what what would you say was the key to that hunt in your opinion, Scott? I think him getting with all the birds the only reason we killed them. You uh, think that slowed him down? I believe that slowed him down, and I think being close to that field. I believe there was some hens that were using it that were probably nesting, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere in the area. And I, I figure that was the loop he made to, to check. And we just happened to, to catch him at the right spot at the right time and then a whole lot of patience. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to call so bad with them coming down that hill when they locked up. But And I think we even discussed it that it was, you know, I believe you wanted to also, but it was, I don't know if we'd, if we'd have made a call if they hadn't have blew out of there, honestly. You know, I just, it, it, it couldn't have worked any better than it did, but, you know, yeah. just a whole lot of patience. They knew where we were at. I mean, they proved that because they, you know, they walked all around us. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. so thick you can't see them. Yeah. You know, and, you and they, were, they were doing what turkeys do. You know, they gobbled to let the hens know where yeah. they were. Or what they thought were hens and they hung out in the area long enough to where if there was a hen there she would have gone to them if she was interested in in you know oh, yeah, no doubt. so yep. i mean they did what what we expect them to do even though they don't always do that but we got lucky on that time i i don't know i think you know like probably nine out of ten hunts that we go on I think just setup is so key and, you know, well, first of all, having the persistence to stay after them. Otherwise, you know, you and I are back at camp eating lunch and yeah. those, those two birds are, you know, out running in the woods and, you know, we're back at camp eating lunch with nothing, you know, with nothing in hand. But so I'd say persistence, number one, but then, you know, the setup was just key because that area was just I, we could have just as easily set up in a spot that would have been terrible. Well, had we went up on top on the side of that hill like we both wanted to, it would have been terrible. Yeah. You yeah. know, when we finally got up there and looked at it, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we just, we found a spot 
that we thought we could call them into, and we called them into it, just not at the same time. And, you know, it, it just, I mean, it all just worked out right. And one of those situations to where it could have all worked out wrong or <laughs> could have all worked out right for only one of us, which would have been a win again. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, 100%, yeah. But, you know, I think had we set up when we came up that hill before we made the move, you know, kind of half circled around those birds and got closer to that field, that private ground field, had we set up where we first came up there and were within, you know, 75 or 80 yards of those birds, I think we would have messed up. Uh, yeah, I there. agree. Yep. You know, they could have stopped two rows over and just stood there and gobbled and gobbled and gobbled and gobbled and never come in. But, yep. you know, us getting not really on the same lane or the same row they were in, but getting one row over, one lane over from them, and then having that little cut come into the one that we were in from the one they were in, you know, was, was, it just was a great spot to be. And, you know, I don't think we, <laughs> I don't think either one of us really looked at that spot and thought, hey, this is the perfect setup. No, it was, no, it, it wouldn't was be. Like, this is, no, the whole time I, in my mind, I was like, this is bad, but this is, this is as good as we can as get, but this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just, you know, you have to, you have to throw out what a good setup is at home. Mm. Oh yeah. You never, you know, you never have a perfect setup. No. That was. But I would say out of all the places that you could set up, if you ranked them all on a scale of one to 10 and I compared this spot to all of them, you know, this, this is a, a three on a scale of one to 10 as far as, as being an ideal setup, you know. It just is not what you imagine in your mind, being a southeastern mm-hmm. turkey hunter, as to what a, a good spot to call up and kill a turkey is. Mm. Nope. But so. after after it all went down and, you know, started looking at other st- stuff, we sat on the only tree that we could have sat on to kill them birds. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it all worked out for a reason. Well... I remember in February of this year in Nashville, I was sitting down in the hallway and you just happened to be walking by, saw me and came over there and sat down beside me. And we just got to chatting and I said, come on and sit down, sit down over here by me. It might be the only time we get a chance to share a tree together this year. And you said, no, no, we're we're going on this hunt together. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So I'm glad that wasn't the only quote unquote tree we got to share together being the hallway wall in Nashville. That's right. Yep. And you know, hopefully God willing we'll get a chance to share a tree together again in sometime in the not too distant future. So No doubt. No doubt. Anyway. I just look forward to the opportunity to be able to hunt with you again. I'm glad we got a chance to get together this past season and both have some success. You know, I think let's see, that's our second double together. Yeah. Yep, sure is. That's pretty good odds because we've pretty, hunted pretty together now four times. Yeah. And what's up with that, Andy? Usually when two come in, you just rock one out at about 40 yards and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> usually right around, especially if the person I'm hunting with is not shooting TSS. Yeah, I usually you just... shoot them at about 70, 75 yards. Yeah. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm talk bad about me like that uh-huh. yeah. I, i've got friends that i won't be so nice with anymore 
going forward in the future. Oh yeah. You better believe I'm, I'm, I've got my list now. And if a bird <laughs> yeah. comes within 50 yards of me and that person, when we're hunting together, that bird's dead. I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to sit back and be nice and wait anymore. Uh, I I was definitely waiting for a gunshot when that bird skirted us on our left. Whenever it disappeared, I said, Andy, it's just to blow its head off when it pops out. <laughs> no, but that might have been a good time to kill him. Uh, yeah, can't, can't go back and second himself. guess any of that now because it worked nah, out right. Now. Yeah. Yep. So That's it. Yeah. So we need to get Cameron pointed in the right direction over in, in that state and let him yep. go play around in the thicket for yeah. a few hours. That, that one's on the list for next year, so we'll see if it goes goes well. Yeah. It's if thick, I, but it's, it had birds. It, you know, I'd go back. I, I only need to kill one, though, so it should be easier. <laughs> yeah. Where are you running it, to? Yeah, if I know one's about to cross a small uh, lane in front of me, I'm just going to go ahead and shoot right before he comes out. There you go. Hey, Maybe he'll run into my yeah, you still may not have enough lead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I need to shoot some doves right before to get ready. I, I wish I'd have had it on video. I, I really do. I've, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff happen, and that it was a literal blur. I mean, it, it was crazy. If it was so fast that you questioned yourself as to, was that really the turkey that just ran across there? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I've got to go back because I've got yeah, to go yeah. back with Yankee John and Chip. And so, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, yep. I'm not going to say we uh, we all four would have been done had we gone together this year because you never know. But, yeah, i got to go back with them. But at least this time we don't have to kill three birds. Yeah, yeah pressure's off of you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that means I get to guide. That's right. So I don't know uh, that. A lot of times puts more pressure on me. Instead of a shotgun, you can tote a machete. No, I'll tote a shotgun. (laughs) You'll still be toting. Just in case that second bird stands around a little too long again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, good deal, man. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank y'all for sharing that. uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I've been holding off on sharing this one so we could get Scott to join us. Scott, I appreciate you taking time out of your night to come on and i know we're taking away from your sleep but man i'm looking forward to seeing you here in about four or five weeks in unicoi yeah no doubt i'm 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 looking forward to that myself i wonder if we can twist cameron's arm hard enough to get him to show up give up a weekend of hunting tame ducks to come hunt some of those wild pond ducks up in georgia north georgia (laughs) what do you think He'd enjoy it. He he would definitely enjoy it. I have no doubt I would enjoy it. That has never been the problem. I think you'd enjoy it more than duck hunting for a weekend. I would. Yeah. The dog though, he'd he'd be pretty upset with me. Yeah. He'd be he'd be wild by then. That dog's up howling at four thirty every morning telling me to come on. (laughs) And that's not a joke. That joker was waking me up. It wasn't even duck season because it closed for the second split, and he was waking up at 4.30 every morning. Man, that's cool. He's yep. ready to roll. Hey, uh, look, you was talking about you uh, You did some duck sausage. I'll send you the recipe. You need to do some duck bacon. I'm in. We, uh, yeah, we used to make duck and goose bacon, and it is phenomenal. I do deer I bacon also, but, but duck. Beyond in, goes. please. Yep. Yeah, I'll shoot it to you. Please do. That sounds pretty cool. I might yep, so. 
might have to trick sending me that recipe for deer bacon. Well, it's really good. But yeah, I'll, I'll shoot it to y'all. Man, Sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good deal. Why don't you wrap us up, Andy? Well, you you have a favor of the week. Scott, you have a favor of the week for this week? Yeah, there you go. Mm, favor of the week. I don't know. Maybe find you a young kid that, you know, maybe not have the opportunity to get out in the woods and do things and see if you can't take them out and do some stuff. I like it. Pretty good. Yep. Going and predator hunting is a great way to yeah. introduce a kid to the woods. They don't have to be still and be quiet for as long as they would on a deer hunt and short hunts man and you know you can have some action if that won't get a kid addicted to hunting in the outdoors i don't know what will take them on a crow hunt anything absolutely fun yeah yeah good point good deal man i like that one all right well then we'll wrap it up by saying thank you guys so much for tuning in this week we know that you have choices we appreciate you spending your time with us we hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week goodbye goodbye Scott. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.